Happy New Year! Woo! This is the first episode of the Anything But Quiet Time podcast for 2023. All right. Did you see the ball drop? Uh, I have been in bed <laughs> for New Year's Eve by midnight for the last like four years. So the only thing you've seen drop are like toys from Ezra. And my eyelids. And your eyelids. Yeah, okay. that's right. That's, that's fine. Right. That's yeah. fine. Did you? You stay up? I don't. Honestly, everybody makes it a big thing. Oh, Times Square. Blah, blah. No. You so yeah. Okay. I think it's like. What do you I do? Used to, you watch but, a movie then instead at that time? Uh, if I fall asleep, then I fall asleep. Okay. All or right. I put the pillow over the head because of the fireworks. And in our area, they like to shoot fireworks. That's true. That's true. It's a more of a tradition. Well, we are starting this year. If you are new, welcome. This is a podcast where we just talk about uh, anything Bible, anything spiritual, anything that we're going through in life, or maybe it's a predicament or a question. And, and how can we um, get answers with the Bible or life experience yeah. or anything that somebody's taught us. Especially when we bring the quiet time to our table to talk it out with you. And perhaps you've got questions. We would love to hear from you, by the way. That's true. Yeah. Let us know in a comment anytime. Uh, so uh, I love this definition of as we enter into kind of new habits and a refresher, it's always a good, of course, we can start anytime, but this is when a lot of us will or or will try to start something. New Year's resolution. And, and I was telling you, I have been a little soft on resolutions the last few years because I'm like, I don't want to do that thing where you overcommit and then you get 15 days in or a month in. You're like, oh, it's too much. And I'm stressing myself out. I mean, I still don't want to go. I don't want to overdo it, but I got to hold myself accountable somehow. I, I got to get started. I saw this scene in the office and please, please know that I am not trying to make fun of anybody who has addiction issues. It was just an interesting line. Meredith, the character from The Office, mm-hmm. she has right. trouble with alcohol. Uh-huh. And she's telling her boss, well, this is one of my goals. I want to be five years sober in five years. Wait, no, no. She said, I want to be five. What did she say? She did. She said that. She said that. And then she goes, well, maybe four and a half. Maybe four and a half. Yeah. Yeah. As she in, starts thinking about it. Yeah. She just keeps kind of sliding back. Yeah. Sliding yeah. back. And that's the human mentality in, really a, in a lot of things. Yeah. Right. It's like, well, I'll start tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And so I, it is a good opportunity to start. And uh, there's uh, so many topics that we could talk about. But, but spiritually, I love how this definition of what maturity is could maybe, maybe good, be a good refresher for all of us. His pastor that I follow, he said this, maturity is noticing your own ego before other people do. Yeah. Or pride. He actually put the word pride. That's good. And man, that is so good too. Okay. Mm-hmm. Let me recognize these things. If I'm going to be selfish with anything, let it be correcting my bad behavior before I look at other people's. Oh yeah. Let me look to, let me look. That's when be the most self-focused is what can I try and cut out? What can I rely on God in more? So I think one of my resolutions is kind of tied to that. I don't generally have an issue coming to terms when I'm wrong. I'll okay. own it and I'll own it out loud. And then <laughs> it's like, I've just marked myself with a scarlet letter and everybody now thinks of me as that person. Okay. And have even had fun at my expense because they see that that might be a struggle. Now, that may sound horrible. I'm talking about owning like, oh, my word, I'm just always saying the thing or doing something silly or whatever. And everybody will jump on that bandwagon and have fun at my expense. I think my resolution needs to be tied to there is wisdom in not speaking everything out loud. And mm. that's biblical. Sure. So sure. the Holy Spirit may be working in me to 
task me. You need to work on this area. You really struggle. Humble yourself before me and let's fix this together. But I don't necessarily need to always own it in front of other people if they're not the right people. Yeah, that, that's a good lesson uh, that I've learned in in um, uh, trying to understand what the audience is. And yeah. I don't I don't have an answer when it comes to like like me and you and friends and stuff. But mm-hmm. when I've helped with students, there are things and the, the leaders would go over this. You know, if you are a volunteer with a student ministry at a church, you can be open about that you're messed up, that you you need Jesus just the same. You're sinful, that you're not perfect. But how far are you going to get into the things that ha, that you've struggled with? Mm-hmm. And to be cautious, especially in that situation yeah. with, with young minds, you yeah. know, they're about to go to college and you start talking about, oh man, I was so wasted at college so much of the time and blah, blah, blah. Then all of a sudden they, some of them, yeah. The maybe not as mature ones will go, oh, well, then I can just have my college days and then just go to church after college is over. It helps them justify doing the. And so you got to be cautious about, again, that's that's more of a young minds example. What you're talking about, maybe more inner office or anything like that. Mm -hmm. But it is a uh, it's hard. It's hard to figure out. We all have that. Unfortunately, we're all there with Mm -hmm. the young people. Oh, yeah. We're influenced very easily. So even if it's not a young mind, I I really do think that's a thing. I, I am easily swayed by stuff. And if I don't recognize that in myself, then I'm fooling myself. And so it's the Holy Spirit in me that really tries to help me, quote, as the scripture tells us, to hold every thought accountable and captive as unto Christ. Mm -hmm. It's not without his help that I can do that because somebody tells me, oh, I did a thing. Oh, that's either going to influence me to judge <laughs> or justify you doing or it. justify me. Oh, well, they did it. So yeah. maybe okay. it's OK. But here's here's one that uh, inspired me. And I think years ago that it would have been too overwhelming. Hmm. But we had some people recently visit our Sunday school class and they just and it was couples all uh, all of last month. Uh, uh, we're, you know, uh, uh, somewhere in the range of probably. 20 to upper 30 somethings in this class. Okay. And couples that are in their 50s, 60s, maybe pushing 70 will uh, come speak and talk about just life lessons that they've learned. That's great. And one couple talked about their, their regimen of the day. And it was so fascinating about getting up at like four in the morning and reading five chapters in the Bible yeah. and then dissecting it and then doing this and then doing that. And then I'm like, wow, you know, I, yeah. I think years ago it would have been like, who can really do that? And I, I want to say this New Year's, I'm not starting there. <laughs> but the practice that they had yeah. did inspire me instead of cause me to judge them or or justify me having excuses. The this the simple process that I think any of us can do. And it's this. Okay, it's going to be busy to start the year. Mm-hmm. But if you can read a section, mm-hmm. maybe it's a chapter in the Bible, Maybe it's a few verses that they're all, you know, because even your Bible might have headlines. Yeah. So maybe read from headline to headline. That might be five, 10, 20 verses. Yeah. Read it. Read it a couple times. Read it in maybe different translations on your Bible app. And then summarize it in 10 words. Okay. Write it down. Whatever you want to do. Summarize it in 10 words. And then make the overall summary into one word. Okay. And then live it. Because then you're more likely that day, if you remember a summary of 10 words or it comes down to one word, then you're more likely to share that with your loved ones, to live it, to just even remember it in the first place. 
Have you done this already? Have I, you tried I, I've, it? I've done it once and it was like, okay, this is great. It, can it, you can you maybe share that Actually, passage? I do. I do. I have. And then tell I, us how you summarized it I and then the it, one word. I sent it to my wife. Okay. Uh, and so I, I have done it once. And, That's and fine. My, That's my, great. My thing that I want to do is, is, yeah, do that I daily. I have never heard anybody put it exactly this way. And this is what's awesome is when you share with others in these types of settings in your small group or a church or even like Carter and I do, um, it grows you. It's like, ah, never thought of that. And you yeah. thought maybe you read the Bible every way possible. It's just a tip, right? Yeah. That's all it is. Okay. So here's the, the passage and it was Ephesians one, three through eight. Okay. All praise to God, the father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms, because we are united with Christ. Even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. Mm. So we praise God for the glorious grace he has poured out on us who belong to his dear son. Mm. He is so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom with the blood of his son and forgave our sins. He has showered his kindness on us along with all wisdom and understanding. That's the passage. Again, that's Ephesians 1, 3 through 8. So you read that, you reacted. Mm -hmm. There's some powerful lines in this. Sure. You get through your day and you might forget that. Yeah, you may have mmmed at different parts than I am. Sure, sure. <laughs> and you know, and I often do it. You know, what was that part that I mmmed at? <laughs> mm bop. Um, and so here's the 10, uh, I think I got it in 10 words. God chose to reconcile us to him for his pleasure. Nice. And the one word that really comes out that I think is going to be very easy to remember for the day yeah. is chosen. Mm. So when you start having doubts, when you start getting down on yourself, yeah. remember that you're chosen. If you have a relationship in Jesus, you are chosen and that God loved you that much mm. so that when we have self-doubt, wait a minute, chosen, 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 chosen. Mm -hmm. And then we start to, at least in this situation, mentally be better prepared. And maybe other ways it's more uh, other passages that we'll do. It's maybe more tangible. Yeah. That's fleeing from so sin, good. for example, or anything like that. You took so. out a nugget. Yeah. And and just so you remember it. I think, but I think it's really important to uh, understand it's not always going to be a feast kind of day, you know, that you can have a day where you have a snack. Well, what do you mean by that? Like the, you don't get as much out of it? No. Um, like if you take on 17 chapters, that's a feast kind of day and you really go and dissect it. Right, 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 right. Let's go to, you know, I'm going for it. <laughs> Um, that's not necessarily every day. Now you may have one of those days, uh, but I love my, my dad always encouraged me and he was a pastor, just even take a Psalm. And so that has always been an encouragement from me to others when they didn't know where to begin. And now I would even change that because some of the Psalms might be confusing without, you know, the context of understanding the history of what's going on there. Um, some of them are just beautiful poetry and praise to the Lord, but then there's other parts of it that, um, you know, had to do with crying out to God in the midst of exile and whatnot. I, I maybe start with the gospel. Sure. And if sure. you really want to know what this Jesus is all about, John is a great one. Even that might be a little confusing at the beginning. So Mark, Luke, Luke is the analytical mind, right? He was the doctor and he went through and he talked with so many people and he compiled all this information and he really gives us this wonderful book. Um, the the couple that inspired this, I, I don't remember it exactly, mm -hmm. but you, the Psalms reminded me. 
He said, what we do, because he, he has people that, he, that he'll disciple and they'll go through the Bible in a year. And it's, it's uh, I think it's similar to what you've done before, um, but it's uh, some Old Testament, more of it though, yeah. because it's going to be more, uh, yeah, you got to get through it quicker. Yeah, there's right? 39 books and in the, the Old Testament. And then you have a, some of the New Testament. Mm-hmm. And I can't remember how it exactly weighed out, but he said, he'll do this no matter what the chapter is. So some days it's lighter than others. Sure. And then he said, the Psalms, yeah. I might have, oh, my thing for today is 11 verses. Then I get to one, it's 176 <laughs> verses. That's a yeah. longer day, right? Longer and so day. if you do it that way, it, it can it can go back and forth. But regardless of how long the passage is, yeah, it's just, a. I thought it was a great way to kick off the year. And I thought it's a, a great thing to do in general. Oh, I... I love that. I, you know, recently was um, sitting with my kids and we were talking about uh, a book series that we've read together. And if you read the entire books from the beginning to end, then you finally understand all the little hints and the clues that you pick up Mm -hmm. in the first several books. And you're like, okay, that's something important. I know I'm going to need to remember maybe I should write that down because <laughs> it's going to help me solve this puzzle, this mystery that's going on. And it's finally going to be revealed in the eighth book or whatever. But we hang on for those types of clues. And I said, you know, we were watching a message and it shared a passage from Isaiah, a prophetic word that was going to, this is proclaiming that Jesus was going to be born and that a virgin would give birth. And it's this, verse that's kind of stuck in this section of scripture that you're like, where did that come from? Mm-hmm. So just, okay. Other people I've heard it shared um, when I was kind of getting into the apologetics, when I first started kind of reading about how do I quote defend my faith? And I don't know if that's my favorite word. How do I share it? How do I share it with people who are still questioning? Uh, it's, it's kind of a strange thought for when people go and they find those verses and they find those prophetic words randomly, and that's how it looks to them. But of course it would, because these are prophets. A lot of the times they didn't even understand oh, yeah. why God was sharing these things with them, yeah. but they just knew to obey and they knew to write things down and they knew to share whatever it was that God told them to share. And so I said, it was telling my kids, I hope that one day you'll do what this elderly couple I'm sorry, they're not elderly. How old no, are they're they? probably in their 50s. I okay, think. no, yeah. no, no. Yeah. I'm getting closer to that, Mark. We're all right. They're yeah. not that old. Uh, but I want them to be able to one day desire to know God and and to sit down. And, and yes, perhaps it'll lead reading the book cover to cover. And you're going to run along these little passages that sound super familiar to you. Uh, connecting even Psalm 22 with the last words of Jesus on the cross and being able to pick up on these hyperlinks that are all throughout scripture. It's exciting. And you can compare it to reading a longer book series where you go, I remember when that thing was said back then Mm. in book two. Sure. And now that aids me in the end of the reading and understanding what's happening in the finale. And and when you you start thinking like that, it's like, oh, okay, I get it now. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, it is interesting because there are some books that are easier to read than others. Isaiah, Jeremiah, and Ezekiel are the last three that I've been reading in the Old Testament. And um, there are chapters that just go on for days about how God is done. And if you <laughs> if you read in in First and Second Kings and First and Second Chronicles, these are the his, his historic type books that tell you about why he's done. He is done with the people that he has chosen 
for his king, his perfect king to come out of. Um, because they just, man, Carter, just when you think it couldn't get worse, right? That mm-hmm. that was his people over and over and over again. And he is sending prophet after prophet after prophet. But here's the thing about each of these prophets that he sends. Uh, people really would have to be seeking after God to find them because all around are the false prophets. All around are the people that are dishing out the things everybody wants to hear that says it's okay for you to stay right there in all your weird ways and all your bad worship. They're worshiping idols. They're worshiping all this other stuff. They're bringing it into the temple and they're combining it with, it, it was awful. It was unclean. It was the opposite of, of God and righteousness. Yeah. And they wanted the justification. So they would go to the people who would give it to them. The false teachers of the time So when the real prophets came around, if you were truly seeking after God, then you would hear their words and you would be jolted by them, Mm. you know? But a lot of those people, including Jeremiah, they wanted to shut him up. Jeremiah was even at one point really scared for his life. They're going to kill me if I go in there and say this. And God's like, I will not let you be killed. Sure enough, they they threw him into like a a cistern at one point and God spared his life over and over again. Um, people wanted to take them out at times, but I guess my point is um, these prophets shared things that were hard to listen to. Yeah. And you think about them kind of in a glorified way, because when, I don't know if you've even thought about the prophet Jeremiah or Isaiah, but certainly you've probably heard those names. If you haven't had the chance to read the books, um, you probably heard them in church and you think of the old guys that look like Ben, uh, her, yeah, <laughs> Charles that's, right. that's right. That's who you think of. Oh, those guys, they probably looked a little bit more ragged than that. Um, they did a lot of things that were questionable. You know, Ezekiel acted out a lot of stuff. He didn't even say the thing. He just did the thing. Like he would do a skit in front of people to let them know this is what God is saying is going to happen. All of the things that they acted out completely did happen. Mm. I mean, they were accurate. I just read about how Ezekiel, uh, hey, I want you to do this in front of people. I want you to pack up some stuff. I want you to walk around town so they know that you look like you're about to leave. Then I want you to go back to your house and I want you to dig a hole through your wall. (laughs) I was sitting there thinking, what? And you're going to do it at night. You can't see anything. You're not going to let you be able to see anything. And that's how it's going to go. And, and basically was acting out how the current king of Judah would try to escape through a crevice in his castle walls, if you will, but he was caught Mm. and he was blinded. He couldn't see. So it was very symbolic. And, um, these prophets all have one thing in common, actually a couple of things. Number one, they were all chosen. Number two, they had some kind of encounter with God that either a vision or he clearly spoke to them. And number three, they were all asked to to share things that were horrifying against people that they loved. Um, it's not an easy path sometimes to follow after God, but it's beautiful because they all alluded to a hope that was coming. They all we're connecting to this place where in our, in our walk with the Lord, he had a resolution. He had it solved in the person of Jesus because we as man were gifted this world, but then we gave it to the enemy. 
the only way mankind could get the world back is through another man, Mm -hmm. but a perfect one. And that's where Jesus came in. And uh, so after we celebrated Christmas and knowing not just the what of, oh, it's his birthday, but the why, why did he come in the first place? It's so important. And I, I love the resolution that you're sharing because it it's bite size. And if everything else feels overwhelming, and if you start reading a book like Jeremiah, I'm not going to lie, you're going to check out yeah, before you get to right. Jeremiah 29, 11, sure. which tells us about he has a, a plan to prosper you. It's it's a heavy book. The, the thing about the Old Testament prophets that you are making me think of with nowadays is that we have a lot of people like the false prophets at the time saying you are perfect just the way you are. Mm-hmm. You're divine. You're great. God loves you. Anything that you want to do, any way that you want to identify. And it is becoming more and more difficult to follow the example of even, you know, Jesus or Paul of just saying this incredible truth, but it, it does come with a heart change you know, faith and repentance are two two sides of the same coin. Mm-hmm. You know, when you realize that you're a sinner, you realize that you need saving from something that is bad and that that bad stuff is stuff I should also turn from. I don't just get to keep it as well. Mm. And, you know, we'll let you in on a little behind the scenes of, of Christian radio. And this isn't because of our company or anything like that. It's just the what stats show when it comes to listeners. All of Christian radio is very encouraged, DJs are very encouraged to talk about encouraging things, things that will uplift your day because stats show if there's any sort of preach moment or, or hard truth, people tune out. It's hard to hear those things. It's like a bitter pill to swallow. And if you feel like people are condescending. Yeah. Yeah. And of course, obviously we, we should all say it, whether we're on the radio or not, we should all say it in a, a um, humble way Yeah, that I'm a, just a sinner, just the same. But presenting a hard truth can be very, it is very important and is necessary in a lot of situations. And we just, it's its really just, yeah, just a, a sign of the culture, mm-hmm. not Christian radio itself. It's a sign of the culture that we don't want to hear that. We don't want to hear when I'm wrong. We don't want to hear that I need to change. And um, I'll let you in on that because I, I feel like if you're listening to this, you're probably somebody that, that uh you can you can kind of kind of take both the good and the bad and understand that the gospel is difficult in some parts. Uh, not that we yeah. work for it by any means. I'm not trying to say anything like that, but that we need to hear that we need God, and it's beyond just Him loving us. It's 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 Him calling us to a life of change. There was a disease around the people of of Israel, um, the collective people of Israel, because it was split up at that point in kingdoms, and there's this whole history thing there, but. His chosen people were not getting it together in alignment with who he was, with what he'd asked them to do. And so these prophets keep getting sent and he keeps telling them, if you come back, if you stop doing this, if you return to me over and over and over again, he gives us chances. Mm -hmm. But the hard message of the prophets is if you don't, This is inevitably what's going to happen. You are going to get caught up in the very thing that you are choosing over me. Yeah. And it's going to take you out. Yeah. And you are making your choice. Now, scripture, when you read it verbatim, it makes it look like God is doing these things to people. I'm going to leave that in in the hands of the person who is reading it and leave that up to the Holy Spirit to interpret that. 
But I think God very much, he al- allows things to touch our lives because we've allowed things to touch our lives. Mm. And it's all if we are in alignment with Christ, no matter what it is that touches us, going to be used for his glory in some way. So I trust him with that. But he tells his people, I will save you. I will rescue you if you stop doing this. But they don't choose to do the thing. Mm -hmm. So then they get pummeled by bigger kingdoms that God said are nothing to him because he's God. And if you had submitted to me, then you would not be in this position, but you've placed yourself in this position. So, but even then, it's just this incredible testimony after reading through it. That's why it's almost, at some point, I think in a person's life, I pray if you're following after Jesus, that just even reading through one of those chapters, one of one of those books, it will give you so much more appreciation for the grace package that is Jesus Christ. Oh, sure. You know, because you recognize, look at all of this. How much less tolerance do I have even on any given day in traffic with people? Yeah. Jerk. Right. Didn't you see, you know, there's like no grace. Yeah. And here are people that he created who are literally setting up false gods in his house Mm. and sacrificing their children to these false idols. It's, it's bananas, but, but. At the same time, it's not that far-fetched from where we find ourselves cyclically in history over and over and over again. We remove God from the pedestal that he should always remain on because, by the way, we can't ever take him off that pedestal. But in our own hearts and what we choose to seek after, right? We remove him and we put what we want to see up there, what we deem, well, I think God is, and we put that up there instead. Mm. Yeah. No, expectations are a, a big part of it. And that's why, hey, reading scripture is a good thing to to find the objective nature of God. Mm. Because we can't do that with people, right? And we, we do it because we don't hear God's voice audibly most of the time. Uh, I, I don't know if I've met anybody that has audibly. Um, but with people, you, you can't go, oh, this person to me is, they're sweet and they do this and they blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, if, you, if your friend was to, to meet this person, they're nothing like that. They're mean or they're, you know, whatever. Like you can't just make up somebody's personality. Mm-hmm. And so this illogical thing that God to me is, well, if, if we're all wrong and it turns out God is a big frog, it, <laughs> then that's then that's just reality. Then I was just wrong. I mean, God is not something different to every person. Now he he may, uh, he knows our personalities. He may yeah, interact he may with us differently, us differently, you know, differently. Sure. but he's not no. something different yeah. for all of us. All religions can't be true. And, and more so what's harming in America is all thoughts like this yeah. can't be true. All even within Christianity. Well, I don't think God would really do that. Well, read Jeremiah. He kind of did it, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And so it's just important to understand that, that scripture is our guide to understand who God is and, and we, yeah, we, we place our expectations and, and more about how he's, who he's revealed himself to be than who I want him to be. Something else that's in common with a lot of the passages that you'll read through these prophets, these heavier books, there will be a blasting chapter after chapter against the peoples that he is going to take out because of whatever they've done. And then and I've gone through and I'll underline it because there's just this sweet moment of, but then one day I will let them return. 
Or, but then one day, I will allow these nations to come to me and those who are willing will be saved. Yeah. And you see that and you're like, even then, even as he's basically spouting off and not because he's lost his temper, this is not something, if people lose their temper in the spur of a moment, like this is just like, now baby, you've, you've crossed this line. You've said no. And now we're here. This is what's happened. Right. Yeah. Um, but I I was reading this morning and I think it was John, book of John, chapter four. And Jesus himself is talking about God is spirit. And he's talking to the woman at the well, who is a Samaritan. They've practiced their faith differently because during the exile, uh, there was some integration there with nationalities. And so they're not quote unquote pure, like the Jewish line. And they both have their ideas about what God's law means and how it should be practiced. And and uh, Jesus is basically telling her that there is coming a time where it won't be about where you worship, but God is spirit and it will be the spirit that leads you to that place of knowing more about who he is. And it's such valuable information because we we get hung up on stuff that we think we know. I only want to get hung up on Jesus Christ. And what the ultimate truth to me is, is that God created this world. He sent his son into it so that we could be saved from the sin that we brought upon ourselves. And that when I believe in him, when I die, I get to live with him forever. And I am tasked to tell as many people about his great love as I possibly can. That's great. Well, thank you for your time with this Anything But Quiet Time podcast as we kick off a year together and maybe a good habit to get into is, hey, us all just having this conversation weekly. Anywhere you get your podcast, you've clearly found it and uh, feel free to leave a five-star review. Yeah. And remember, you're chosen.